Good evening, creepy ones. My name is Cat Wolfgang, and this is Nightmare Tales. It's been referred to as the worst turbulence ever. The flight seemed to be progressing as usual when all of a sudden we heard the captain frantically shout over the PA system, would everyone please return to your seats and buckle your... But then the plane started shaking uncontrollably. I thankfully had my seatbelt on, but those that didn't were thrown around the plane. I remember seeing a dozen or so people rise in the air and smash into the ceiling before being aggressively pulled back to the floor. None of them were seriously hurt. A few strains, bruises, and some breaks. But it was still terrifying to be a part of. If you Google American Airlines Flight 759, you'll be able to read about this flight all over the internet. But those articles don't tell you the entire story. It was worse than just the shaking and bruises. It was something supernatural. Looking out of the plane's windows was like looking at light dispersing through a prism. The glow and sound surrounding the plane were like something not a part of this world. While seeing people smash into the ceiling of the plane, and while trying to avoid the loose items crashing into everyone around me, there was also somehow a sense of tranquility. The passengers around me saw the lights and heard the sounds, and seemed just as confused as I was. When the turbulence, light, and sound all came to a pinnacle, the strangest thing of all happened. Time seemed to almost stop for me. I couldn't hear anything at all, and the bright lights dissipated. But the passengers, all of them, were motionless. And they were staring at me. It was unsettling, to say the least. The man beside me was staring me right in the eyes, completely expressionless. I looked all around the cabin. Every single passenger was staring at me, the employees as well. Even those who moments ago were clutching at strains and breaks and screaming in agony. All of them. Now silent, motionless, staring. It lasted half a minute at maximum, and it ended with one last flash of bright light, and then all at once cacophony returned, pure panic, yelling. The pilot spoke again through the PA system and apologized. 
The flight attendants were rushing through the aisles, trying to help the passengers that were injured. The man seated beside me asked, Did... Uh, did something strange happen to you during the turbulence? I shook my head. I did not want to talk about what had happened. But I looked around the cabin and saw that most of the passengers looked uncomfortable. As though something far stranger than just turbulence had happened to them as well. That was my first hint that what all of us had experienced on that flight was far stranger than what any of us could have imagined. When we landed at the airport, I noticed that I had received a text message. It was from Lorraine, my ex-girlfriend. Have you landed yet? I'll wait up for you at home. I can't even begin to tell you how strange it was to read that text. I can admit right now that it scared me, terrified me. Things had ended between us months ago. I'm not willing to go into the specifics of what happened at the moment, but it just seemed impossible that she was at my house. I must have stared at the text for five straight minutes, short of breath. She couldn't really be waiting for me back at the house, could she? I thought long and hard about what I should do next. Part of me wanted to turn right around and get back on another flight. Just leave town and never come back. But that's not what I did. I was too curious. I hailed a taxi and headed back to my house. We arrived, and I handed some cash to the taxi driver. But then, it happened all over again, like in the plane. I heard that rumbling sound again, and saw some flashes of light. And the taxi driver was staring at me, just like the passengers on the plane. He was motionless and expressionless just for a moment, but then he spoke. Things got mixed up here, he said. It was monotone, robotic, and unearthly. You'll need to fix it. What do you mean? I replied. But then... Everything went back to normal. His voice was clear and everything else around silent. I said, do you want change? He repeated. Oh, no, that's fine, I told him. I snuck quietly up to my house, waiting to look inside. Would she actually be there? As I approached the house, I saw that the living room light was on, and then I saw her. 
It really was her. She was sitting in the living room, watching television. She was actually there. I approached the door, and she looked up and saw me. She smiled. She actually smiled at me. And that's when I fully realized. It's not that she had somehow come back to me. No. In this world, where I was right now, I had never lost her in the first place. Had that flight taken me to an alternate reality? Was I in another dimension? I had no idea. But she was there, in my house, waiting for me. I opened the door. Her smile was so big. She was so happy to see me. How could that possibly be? But it was true. She was there, and she was happy to see me. She hugged me and gave me a peck on the cheek. How was your trip? I should have handled it better, but I couldn't. It was just too much. I broke down crying in her arms. I gripped her hard as though I didn't really believe she was real. And I just kept on crying. Whoa, did you really miss me that much? She asked. Yes. I said in between sobs. I really did. I really, really did. And just like that, things went right back to how they used to be. Everything was great between us again. I forgot what it felt like to ever be this happy. I forgot that I even could be this happy. Sometimes I would hold her hair to my face in the middle of the night and just smell it. As though every one of my senses needed to feel her in order for me to fully accept that she was really here with me. But not everything in my life was so perfect. There were still some strange things. For example, there was a beanbag chair in our living room that I simply didn't recognize. There was also a striped sweater in my closet. Neither of those things are really me at all. I had no idea why they were there. I asked Lorraine where she got both of them, but she looked at me like I was crazy. I didn't get either of those, she told me, partly laughing. You already had them when I first moved in. And then, to make matters worse, the sounds and lights returned last night. I woke up to them. 
I looked at Lorraine to see if she had heard them as well, but she was still silently sleeping. Beautiful. She's so goddamn beautiful. I approached my bedroom window and looked out. I was entirely unprepared for what I was about to see. I can see about a dozen houses through that bedroom window. And in every one of those houses, I saw the silhouettes of my neighbors staring at me through their windows, motionlessly. In some houses, the lights were on and I could see them clearly. In others, it was pitch black and I could only see their shadows. But they were all there, staring. There was also a man standing in the middle of the street, looking at me just like the others. He creepily waved for me to come outside. I know it seemed risky and unnecessary, but I wanted answers about all of this. I decided to go out and see him. He stared at me blankly when I approached him. And then he spoke. He sounded just like the taxi driver. Things got mixed up here. Yeah, that's what you told me before, I thought to myself. Fix it. Wait, what do you mean? But he ignored me. He said nothing at all. I went back into my house and grabbed the beanbag and striped sweater. I brought them outside and lit them on fire. Is this what you want? I shouted at the man. The silhouettes were still in all of the windows, staring at me. They're gone now, right? Still expressionless and robotic, my neighbor spoke one last time. There's still more. Fix it. And then I realized what I needed to do. I went inside and slammed the front door shut. I went to the bedroom and I looked at her. I started crying. And now I'm writing this out. I suppose those of you reading this think I need to break up with her all over again. To set things right. I'm guessing that worlds collided with each other on Flight 759. Things got mixed up, as they kept telling me. And I needed to make things normal again. A beanbag chair. A striped sweater. The things caught in between. And my girlfriend who I'm no longer supposed to be with. I need to make things right by breaking up with her. But that's not how I lost her, you see. It feels like a different person who did this all those months ago.
That night, I had too much to drink. I wasn't drunk, but it was still too much. I shouldn't have been driving. She asked me if I was fine. I thought I was. When I told her that I was alright, she looked skeptical, but still agreed. I saw the trust in her eyes. I've seen them every night since. But I had lost control. The car flipped. Her head smashed through the passenger window. It cut a large gash down to her neck. Oh, God help me. I saw the blood dripping everywhere. She didn't even scream. She tried to hold her hand up to her neck to stop the bleeding. But then she looked at me, and the blood just wouldn't stop. Her eyes looked through me. And then she died in agony, with betrayal in her eyes. I had lost her, and I'm not sure if I can lose her again. I know what I need to do, but I'll never be able to do it. I don't know what problems that will cause. I just looked out the window and they're still all staring at me, waiting, because I'm not going to fix it. I won't. I can't. Nightmare Tales is a weekly horror podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, and Anchor.fm. Follow us on Instagram at Nightmare Tales, on Facebook at Nightmare Tales Pod, and on Twitter at NMTalesPod. You can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash nightmaretales, or by buying us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash nightmaretales. Intro and outro music is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thank you for listening, and be sure to join us again next week for more blood-curdling tales of terror. <laughs>